so excited for you to meet my next guest. She is just incredible and such an inspiring woman to be around. Her name is Linda Mitchell, and she wants to help women reach a point of empowerment and glowing health. Linda is an Institute of Integrative Nutrition graduate, an award-winning fitness competitor, a woman's health expert, and an elite obstacle racer. She collaborated on the fitness portion of the book, Fat Flush for Life, with mentor and New York Times bestselling author, Anne Louise Gettleman. Linda is also an author herself, a top 50 podcaster, and a fitness studio owner, all under the sisterhood of Sweat Brand. Her book and the studio are all about helping women build confidence and self-esteem while learning to feel 100% great about themselves. After all, SWEAT stands for Strong Woman Empowering Achieving Together. I love that. So welcome to the show, Linda. Hey, thanks for having me, Kelly. Well, I'm so excited because first of all, Linda and I met back in 2012, right? Yes. Um, yes. We met in at a fitness competition. We were in Las Vegas and we both won the title that year, which was super exciting. So congrats again on that. We'll never oh, forget that. <laughs> um, she inspired me then and she just continues inspiring me today with everything she's accomplished. So let's dive in, Linda. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? What brought you into fitness? And we'll take it from there. Well, I started into fitness at a pretty young age. I was a teen, and I liked the way it felt when I would work out or exercise. And I think, you know, as a teenager, it just made me feel happy inside. But as an adult, I realized it brings so much more to the table. You're empowered, your mind, body, and spirit are all charged up, and you just process so many things, process stress, thoughts, you know, I just, uh, you know, at a young age, I re re really recognized the power of it. I, I had a manic depressive mother who would be suicidal, and she had depression and at the time I didn't really understand it I knew I didn't want to have that for myself and that was my way of kind of combating that was like well hey if I just plug in an exercise I'm always going to be in a good mood and I can cheer everybody else up so nobody will have a suicidal thoughts in my own heart of hearts that was kind of like my why behind it but now we fast forward and I'm 57 and I've done it my whole entire life and I think I recognize that not only does it empower you but it is nature's biggest antidepressant 100% do I not agree with that I mean, if more people could turn to health and fitness and exercise or just getting in a 10-minute workout, so many people could feel better. Everything that you said, your thoughts are different. Your outlook on life is different because you feel better about yourself, right? Yes. So, I mean, you're so committed to your own health and fitness, and you're also committed to empowering all these women around you. So how do you empower them to stay on track with their fitness goals, their health goals, 
when you're having a bad day or, you know, you mentioned those thoughts and you didn't want to have those thoughts, but they do come no matter what. We can't avoid having negative thoughts. So how do you stay motivated to just keep going with yourself and your clients? Well, I think about my greater why, first of all, that the whole reason why I started the Sisterhood of Sweat is because back a while back, you know, you're, you have that kind of situation growing up. And then I got into a marriage, which was physically abusive as well. And I didn't have the things in place that I needed, such as support uh, besides the fitness. You know, that helped empower me enough to leave confidence and the tools that I needed and the resources that I needed to realize that I was worthy of so much more. And when I started the whole Sisterhood of Sweat, it was all because I want women to have that place to go to that I didn't ever have when I needed it. So I want them to feel supported. I want to have them feel that somebody's got their back, respected, a safe place, women surrounding women, supporting women. And so that was the whole why behind starting an organization for women. So I think about my why, first of all, why, why I'm getting up so early in the morning, why I'm doing everything, because it isn't always so easy. And when I'm training somebody, I try to put myself out of the equation and just focus on them. And I keep myself, like you said, how do I stay motivated? Um, I keep myself on track. You know, I don't just do things when I feel like I'm, I, I'm committed to this. I love that. You actually posted the other day, I think it was the other day, it said something about make your commitments stronger than your moods. Right. And our moods are changing every day. I mean, some days you probably want to stay in bed and some days you want to have the pizza. Your moods are changing. Sometimes you're in a great mood. You're super excited to get to the gym, but it's all about, I'm hearing that you're saying you've made a commitment to yourself. You're never turning back. You've been through so much, as you just mentioned. I mean, your childhood, a, a marriage that didn't go the way you had planned, but you're so good at making a commitment to yourself. And when your moods fluctuate, you stick to those commitments. How do you do it? I know the woman listening. I mean, it's, it, it sounds easy and you're doing it, but there's so many women listening that just have a hard time. They're stuck. They're in a bad marriage. Their health is not as important to them right at the moment because they're going through something. They can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. How would you encourage that person to make a commitment to herself or himself to just get on the climb and head up? Well, first of all, going back to dialing in on that why, why you're doing it and thinking about what you want to feel at the end of the day. When you're looking at uh, that pizza, you know, if you're not feeling good, maybe your health is suffering or you don't like the way you feel in your own skin, I think just focusing on what the end goal is and working backwards from that, you know, I focus on how do I want to feel 
And also, I just feel like your fitness regimen is self-care. It needs to be almost the same as breathing for you and recognizing how much it really does bring to the table overall. Absolutely. I think the more you do something, you know, good for yourself too, that's when the confidence starts and you take the first step and then the second step. Don't you agree? Right. It's all about taking action. So if you feel like you're not motivated right now, first of all, I would say, who are you comparing yourself to when you're at the gym or, you know, what is, what is making you feel discouraged? Because sometimes people are in that comparison trap where they don't, you know, they, they don't necessarily know how to get from A to Z. And then they see somebody that's already been there, you know, 400 workouts in and they're comparing their first week to that. And I say, just, you know, really take those small steps daily. You'll be surprised where they're going to lead at the end of the day. And taking that action is what keeps you motivated. So if you're not motivated right now, try 30 days straight of action and see how motivated you are in 30 days. I love that. And that's what I tell my clients as well. It's just taking that first step, taking a leap of faith and just going for it. Right. You said the 30 days. That's a great, especially with the new year coming. I mean, if you're stuck right now, just take that first step, make a commitment. I think that's the key word right there is the commitment. Make the commitment to yourself wherever you are. And I just I love I love everything you just said because you're so committed. You're so dedicated. I mean, you're a busy mom. Tell us about, you know, writing a book now. How did you fit that into the works? Well, I graduated at 50 from the School of Integrative uh, Nutrition, the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And it's an online, you can take it online. So it worked out perfectly to fit that into my life because it's not like I had to go to a brick and mortar school. I could fit that in the time slots that I had. So it was very organized. So when I graduated, they had a book course and I thought, wow, I, I really, I really want to write a book. I've been writing columns for 15 years for Miss Fitness Magazine I would love to write a book, but I have no clue about how to write a book. And I really thought I was just an article girl. I was like, I don't know if I have a book in me. But when I uh, collaborated with Anne Louise Gittleman of the Fat Flush Plan, I was, it wasn't very long before I was 20,000 words into the project. And I realized, hey, maybe I could write a book. So when that course came up, I thought, I'm totally taking it. And, you know, I wrote my first book in three months' time. Wow, congratulations. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about what the book is actually about. Well, it's all-encompassing because I think we're a total package. So I actually my studio really embraces health and wellness that way, too. So, you know, it's all good if you know you're working out and you're eating spinach smoothies and all that but if your mindset isn't on track and your relationship sucks it really doesn't matter how much spinach you're having how much workouts you're having so i just try to attack it from all angles so 
we talk about the mindset piece, the relationship piece. Uh, there's recipes and workouts and confidence building and all kinds of stuff in the book. I mean, I have a, even a negative energy cleanse. I love that. I mean, I have the book, so I know it's all in there, ladies. You have to grab your copy of that. I mean, it is. It's amazing. I mean, you are building such confidence in so many women. And, you know, you're always just taking the next step in your career. So how do you stay addicted to the climb? That's what this podcast is about. I mean, Linda, you're a woman that just keeps climbing in every single way. I mean, now you're off in having your own podcast, a top 50 podcaster. A big congratulations. When you wrote the book and wanted, did you have a goal of starting a podcast after the book or when did that come about? Well, with the podcast, it really was when I listened to my mentor, Lewis Howes, I really had never heard of a, of a podcast before. And so somehow he was on somebody else's and he was talking about childhood sexual abuse, which happened to me as well. And it really spoke to me and it was life changing for me because it taught me that keeping secrets is what keeps you stuck and shedding shame and guilt and secrets is what frees you. So I, I thought, wow, just one podcast was so powerful. It was life-changing. And that was the whole reason why I started podcasting, because I realized that it could be life-changing for people. 100% life-changing. I mean, you brought on so many, so many guests with so many stories, and they're just so inspiring. And your story is so inspiring. You're, you're also speaking. Is that correct? Yeah, so you asked me a question, and I didn't answer the rest of it. Um, it's the greater why that I have, the vision that I have when I wrote the book. Uh, it's funny how everything happens backwards uh, of the way that you would have thought it should have happened in your mind. Like, you know, I, the studio came first, and then the book, and then the podcast, and then the speaking. And I would have saw it completely in reverse, but it's God's plan. And he has so much more, like, it's so much more for us than what we could ever imagine, think, or just dream. And I just feel like he's been guiding my footsteps along the way because it's just amazing to just be part of my own, like, be in this journey and watch it unfold. I mean, I'm 57 and I, you know, I just feel this vision in my heart. And when I wrote the book, I really was seeing like a vision for what I wanted, a whole community of women and just really supporting each other and empowering each other and having each other's back, which is, you know, not always the case when women are working together and collaborating instead of hating. And now I'm in my new studio. I rebranded under the Sisterhood of Sweat. And there's the potential that I may be taking over more space. And I believe I'm going to take a leap of faith. 
So uh, we may unfold even more here soon, but I just keep feeling that nudge within my spirit that there's more that I'm supposed to do with this vision. Wow. And ladies, she's 57 years old. So if that is not inspiring, I don't know what is. I mean, Linda, there's so many women that, I mean, after they turn 40 or 45, you, you know, they give up. They don't want to keep going. They feel that's it. How do you keep that mentality of just keep going? I mean, at 57 years old, which is still so young, you have so much more to accomplish in your life. I can hear it in your voice about your vision that you have, which is so exciting. But speak to the women out there that maybe they think they're too old. They think they're too old to start a health program or they don't have the motivation to do those things. Speak to those women. Well, it starts with your self-care, first of all, because you're as young as you feel, so you want to feel good. Get over the whole thing about looking good, because it's just going to happen if you take care of yourself. You're going to look good if you're healthy and vibrant and alive and excited, instead of, oh, I'm old, and I've got one foot in the grave, and I'm not, you know, I don't really have anything left anymore for anybody, and mm -hmm. who would want me, or, you know, you see what I'm saying, it's that negative mindset, like, clean your mind, fill your mind with good podcasts, and motivation, and, you know, good thoughts, and get in the gym, because what, it gets your juices flowing, and it gets you motivated, it makes you vibrant, and eat healthy, if you eat like crap, you're gonna feel like crap, so, all of those things are so, so important. And then don't tell yourself, if somebody is telling you you're too old to do something, move away from them. You know, go find the, uh, the evidence for things that support I can be as young as I want to be if I'm, you know, tuned in to the right things, you know. Like, I think be your own advocate with health. And, you know, if somebody tells you, oh, you know, we don't need to fix your heart. You're, you're getting too old. Go to another doctor and, you know, subscri subscribe to people that like Natalie Jill that are, are saying, you know, reverse aging. And, you know, why do you have to be old? I mean, I just think my father was not old a day in his life. At 86 years old, he still described himself as a young man. It's the way you think in your head and the way you feel in your heart. I love that. It's all about the belief system. And you can rewire your whole belief system. I strongly believe that. I've done it myself. I've been stuck. I've been unmotivated. I've been feeling unworthy at times. And until you actually put in the work for yourself, self-development, oh, what yes. I'm calling it, you will, you'll stay in the same place. You'll stay feeling unworthy. You'll stay feeling stuck. It takes work, you guys. You can't just wake up one day and expect to feel happy or motivated. It's not going to happen until you decide, you decide to take action. That's where you will see results and success. And you just said all that. And it's so important. And I do believe in self-care. Because I know a lot of women, as they get older and they have children and they're working, you know, they, they stop taking care of themselves. And you said that self-care is very important for women because when you take care of yourself, you feel better. 
I mean, how many times have you washed your hair, blown out your hair, and you feel like a whole different person from when you sat and didn't wash your hair for three days? You probably didn't <laughs> want to leave the house. <laughs> I mean, we know. You know what I'm saying, right? When, well, yeah. When you do those things to feel better, you it, it just it beams, you beam, you shine different to the world. And I just think you look at yourself different. Your confidence builds when you feel better, right? Yes, 100%. And, and I know, like, you know, I've been through a lot, but I think it was really just to get me to pay attention and go the right direction. So uh, I have had some injuries, and it was a bit rough. And for just a little bit, my confidence was just kind of drooping because I wasn't, you know, because I identified so much with that, you know, fitness competitor, competitor persona and, you know, being fit and, you know, having six pack abs. Well, I wasn't allowed to work out, you know, at all for four months when I had to have my hamstring reattached. And then I completely, you know, tried to get up too quickly, blew out my groin because I should have just been listening to my body. And that's another thing. What would, you know, what I had to let go of and really focus on that self-care and, you know, rejuvenating and just getting that rest so my body could heal. And so when I finally started doing that, I was like, oh, I feel like myself again. I think I have gotten my second wind and, you know, my body is healing because it's a magic, uh, you know, the body is magic. It's amazing what, what, what can happen. So also I think, you know, I needed to get the persona out of my head of what I thought I should be and just be, you know, and just be. I think you said it a really important thing too, because as we age and as women, you know, if we're used to exercising, you know, five times a day, well, you, your body does change. And the thing it that does. you said, listen to your body. And that is a big, you have to listen to your body or else you will get injured. I mean, things work a little differently. We have to just, you know, we have to know that as we get older, we can't do what we used to do. I mean, that's a fact, right? Linda, you're yeah, right. the so. Yes, and I was I was just like hanging on to like you know I'm 57 and still flying across the stage and like in in April I was still even after my hamstring reattachment trying to do you know what I've always done in fitness and I was overdoing and I had to really take a look at that first of all why. And what is it that I need to really just own? And what do I need to let go of? So I just really started examining that. And the biggest thing I conclusion I came to, which you just said, was you have to listen to your body at every age. And my body was saying, hey, I'm breaking down here. Are you going to pay attention and give me what I need, which is nurturing and nourishing and you know, some grace, give, give your body some grace. 
you don't have to be you, you don't have to be like you're 20 when you're 57 right and for those listening that maybe they're over 40 and they've never worked out before what advice can you give that person where would they start where would a woman you know or a man that is a little bit older and they're like okay I'm ready I want to start taking care of myself but I can't just jump into the gym and start going crazy and lifting all this weight. Can you give them any advice? I would just say start at the beginning and it's your journey and you can take it as fast or as slow as you want. That, you know, if you just start incorporating things like, first of all, getting enough sleep, number one, because your body rests and repairs when it's sleeping and also it just helps balance your hormones and your cortisol levels and all of those things so number one would be rest and then i would just say to start hydrating and drinking your water because basically we are 70 percent water so if you want to flush out all the weight that the false fat you may be carrying which is basically like toxins and waste and all the garbage you may have, you know, had in the past, just start with water because that can cancel out a lot of sins. And I would say, you know, start with half a gallon, work your way up and you got to make things doable or else you won't do them. Right. I love that. Starting with water. I mean, that's, you can lose weight just doing that if you really pay attention to it. Everything, you have to put the time in, you have to put the work in, but if you pay attention to how much water you are drinking right now, I bet a lot of people would be surprised. They're not drinking enough water. And like you said, right. toxins, I mean, it's super important. So that's a great point, Linda, that you just made. So well, you start. It's the fountain of youth. I mean, really, for your skin, for your organs, for everything, for cushioning your back. So I would just start with the water. And then if you're not ready to go into the gym, uh, I would just start getting a walk in, you know, and if you're a little more capable than that, do a walk run, you know, run five minutes, walk five minutes, do what you can do. And pretty soon you'll be able to do more is my biggest thing that I tell people. And you could also, you know, this is the day and age of online. You could get an online exercise program if you're not ready to go sweat it out with people in the gym or if you don't like it, you know, you know, do what works for you. And also, you know, I always say this is basically uh, if you are going to go to the gym, you know, just give yourself permission to suck until you don't because it might suck at first, but once you keep going for a while, it's you're going to be better and you're going to be amazing. So give yourself a little room to not be great when you start. I love that. That is so important for people to know. You're not going to be perfect in the beginning. You, and it's all about just taking that first step. That's the most important thing anybody, in any area of your life. We're <laughs> struggling in anything. I mean, take the first step and that action equals clarity. If you don't take action, you'll never know what you're capable of doing, right? Yes, and clarity is, is, is huge for everything in your life. Mm -hmm. Having that clarity, you know, it just makes you, you make better decisions overall. Right. 
Well, I mean, you are just doing amazing things. You keep climbing. And one more thing I have to ask you, because you are an elite obstacle racer. Can you just tell us a little bit about that and when you <laughs> did these races? Okay. Uh, I, I just really, I have to say, I love the, I love the thrill of it. I, my daughter told me I was, I was an adrenaline junkie, but I just think it was the excitement of having a goal that you don't know if you can achieve and achieving it. And so I set a goal that I was going to go and I was going to do the trifecta. And I was also doing a trifecta at Fitness America, which was figure, fitness, and bikini. My coach told me, no, she did not want me to do both because it's hard to diet for both. But I wanted, I thought at the end of the day, am I going to be disappointed if I don't get my trifecta at the Spartan race? And I, I said, yes, I'm going to be disappointed. And at the end of the day, who knows what's going to happen when I go to Fitness America. So I did. I, I decided I signed up for the Beast first because I was all in. And so the beast was their hardest. They may have a, something a little more now. And I remember I, I went online and I was looking at all of the exercises that they were doing and all the feats. And it kind of freaked me out. I was, I was kind of like, oh, my gosh. You know, like, am I going to be able to do this? Do I really want to do this? And, uh yeah, I, I signed up for it. it. Hey, I thought if I can't do an obstacle or it freaks me out too much, I'll just, I'll do 30 burpees instead. Oh, <laughs> only 30 burpees. <laughs> or, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Somebody says, you know, oh, okay, you didn't get all your burpees in. I mean, I, I'm, you know, it's an elective. Mm -hmm. So I was just decided I was going to do it. And I decided to sign up for the elite. And literally, it was my first race, and I wore compression socks. And I, I tell you, don't, I, don't do it. <laughs> they kept slide. I, I had tied my shoes on because you get wet and muddy. I tied them on tight because my friend says you got to make sure those shoes stay on if you want to make a good time. So the socks kept bunching up down inside of my shoe. And I just kept saying, I'll rest when I'm six feet under. I'm going to keep going. I'm just going to, I was just had that mindset of, I am going to, you know, do this. And so I, you know, there were some scary things I remember, but I could compare it so much to life. I remember getting up to the top of this, you know, you had to get up 12 feet to go up another 40 and then straddle this little beam and you're wet and it's, you're muddy. And I'm, I'm going over the top and I get hanging down. I can't touch the other side. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I went back up straddling the beam. Pretty soon there were people on each side of me and I felt supported, which gave me the confidence. And so I was like, all right, I can either go down on the other side or start all over again. I'm going to go down on, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. So I hung all the way from my hands to be able to touch the other beam and made it. I made it through. That was the hardest one for me personally, but I would just say that uh, there were so many things like I overcame fear of heights. 
so many things that happened during this course. I really did not expect anything, but I finished first in my class. Wow. Wow. On my first race, I was hooked, you know. So how many did you do after that? Then I went to the next one down because I was like, I got to get my trifecta. So I went to the super. Um, and then I went and, and I finished twice in my class when I did elite racing. We were late for one race and, and I got in the beginner path. My, my recommendation, if you want to make a good time, actually just do it. But if you want to make a good time, do the elite because it's not as wet and muddy and slippery. And the people are, you know, I think a little more like serious and driven. So it makes you just make a better time automatically. And I finished in the middle of the elite the first race. And then um, I took two friends with me to Fort Bragg's for the sprint. And that was really fun. But they wouldn't let us help each other, even though we were a team. So then we finally we split up. And um, I got I got first again in my class. So I really I've only done three. I got my trifecta, and uh, and kind of did my did my trifecta then at Fitness America. <laughs> wow! And I got rewarded. So I was like, hey, I just went for everything, and I was just like, let's see where it all unfolds. You really define my podcast, Addicted to the Climb. She is a climber, as you all can hear. And I love <laughs> the way you say, what's the worst that can happen? I yeah. think everybody should write that down. If you take anything out of this show today, <laughs> I think everyone should write down what is the worst thing that can happen, right? I right. love that so much because when you really stop to say that, about any situation you're in, you're fearful, you're scared, you're not sure about the next step. What's the worst thing that can happen? And guess what? If it's not death, then you're going to be good. You'll learn. <laughs> I mean, Linda, you're on the whole other side of um, risk taking, but <laughs> what's the worst thing that can happen? I just hey, love that. It was so fun. And I got to say, I, you can tell I just started going crazy when you wanted me to bring up this part and how much I love it. Uh, I really love the rope climb and I and I failed at it. I sucked at it. I couldn't do it. And you know, the first race, no. The second race, no. The third race, I'm looking at all these men just slipping off this rope, and I'm just like, man, these men can't do it. You know, how am I? You know, I'm thinking in my head at first, how am I gonna do this? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to give it one more try. And I thought, I think the secret is you got to get a good jump up on that rope. So I did. I jumped up on that rope and I literally got to the top, you guys. And I'm up there swinging because the rope's just, you're really high off the ground. And I look down and I'm like, oh my God, there's no water this time. <laughs> like, just ground and I gotta ring this cowbell it's another like I don't know how far up but it, it was up there well I'm hanging on by one arm and that means you completed it wow. when I rung that cowbell I was just like oh my gosh but the feeling afterwards was so much accomplishment I know that sounds bizarre to anyone listening but just 
that I could do it. And it gave me confidence that I could do all kinds of things in my life that are hard that maybe I didn't think I could do or I didn't think I had the capability to do or that seemed really challenging and I want to quit because I couldn't do it the first two times. Right. And you just one more time. But you just keep going. And that's the thing that I want everyone out there to know is when you give up, it's over. If you keep going, you still get another chance, right? So that's it. That's it. And Linda, you are just on a mission to empower and be an inspiration for so many women and people around you. What is next for you? What are you climbing towards next in your life? Well, I love that. Actually, I want to just say to you, acknowledge you right now, how much I love the name of your podcast. Thank you. I freaking love that. You know I would, but I do. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and what I'm climbing towards next and right now, basically, is just to, I'm feeling called to speak. And on the 11th, I'm doing um, a talk for the showcase, the big talk, like showcase. And then I am speaking at PodFest this year, uh, how, why you should go to the mattresses for a great guest is my talk. So that's coming up because I've always been scared to death of public speaking, but I'm over it now because I took my jump into the water and I believe I'm being called to speak. So I'm doing it. Wow. Congratulations on everything that you have accomplished. And we're so excited to keep watching you and seeing what you do next and you're speaking now. So if people want to get in touch with you or connect with you, where can they find you? Sisterhoodofsweat.com and anything Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Sisterhood of Sweat. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing your story, being on my show. I hope everyone got so much out of Linda and is just going to keep climbing higher just like her. If you love this episode, make sure you guys tag me. And because I appreciate you all so much, I am offering you 10% off my course, Addicted to the Climb. You can find that on my website, kellytyan.com. Make sure to spell it K-E-L-L-E-Y-T-Y-A-N. Until the next time, keep on climbing.